to begin by reading our verses. We read all four of these verses last week. Randy's going to help us this morning. We're going to read all of these verses out loud. If you didn't write them down last Sunday, write them down today. Take them home. Read them every day and get them in your spirit. If you can get these verses into you, I believe you'll get the overall feel and the context and the spirit of what this series is all about. So let's begin with John chapter 10, verse 27. You ready? Can you read off that screen right there? Okay, is everybody ready to read out loud with us? That, that, was, not, was, that, very, that was not very good, was it? No. <laughs> okay, are you ready? Yes. Was that better? Okay, three, two, one. My, my sheep, sheep listen, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. My sheep listen to my voice. They listen to what, we, if we want to be the sheep of God, we've got to listen to his voice. The New King James Version says, my sheep know my voice. Do you know the voice of God? We'll talk about this verse more. Uh, John chapter 16, verse 13. Are you ready? One, two, three. When, when the, the Spirit of, of truth, truth comes, comes he, he will guide you into, into all truth. truth. He will he not speak, speak on his own, own but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. To all of our kids in the room, to all of our young people in the room, to all of our teenagers in the room, God wants to speak to you about your future. He wants to tell you about the big dreams that he has for your life. We don't live our lives in such a way where we dream big and expect God to bless them. No, we want to dream God dreams. Lord, you tell me about my future because I know if I could dream your future, it's bigger than any dream I could ever have on my own. But we've got to listen to the spirit of truth. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. One, two, three. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Verse 6. Seek His will in all you do. we got to do it like this. We're going to take it back old school, Randy. You ready? Seek His will in some of what you do. Then we go like this. Seek His will in most of what you do. Seek His will in all. All of what you do, and he will show you which path to take. Romans 8 and 14. One, two, three. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. If we're led by the Holy Spirit, we are children of God. We have access to his promises. We have access to him as our, as our guide and as our helper. He wants to lead us every day of our lives. How many of you want to be a child of God? Amen, amen. Y'all give Randy a hand. Good job, buddy. Last week we talked about two very important, very practical ways to hear from God. Number one was to get in the right place. There are whispering spots. There are meeting, uh, tents of meetings. There are specific places where it's just easier to hear from God. And then secondly, sometimes if we're not hearing from God, we've got to get around the right people. If you'll get around someone who here is hearing from God, it's amazing how we will begin to hear from God also. I don't know about you, but my life is noisy. It's loud. There's chaos all around me. There's people telling me things all the time. 
uh, there's just things going on, and it is difficult to hear the voice of God through all of the other voices and all of the other things going on in my life. I'll tell you a second thing is this. If you keep, if we have this game where they actually can't hear me and they keep going down the line, the further we go down the line, the more the instructions get off. Similar to the old telephone game. How many of you played the old telephone game, right? The further you get away from the original instructions, the more off we get. Here's the thing. If you spend your life relying on other people to hear God for you, you'll get off and you'll never know it. With confidence, London said, uh, what did he say? I, would, I went to the store to get a piggly wiggly pencil. No, it was a whistle. But he was confident about it. I got it right. No, you didn't get it right. How many times do we go through life, we got someone else's word from God, and we're declaring as a word from God for our life and wondering why it's not working. Doesn't mean God doesn't speak through people, and we'll talk about that in a moment. God does speak through people. He cares, and he, he speaks through prophets. He speaks through pastors. He'll speak through you, and he'll speak through people in your, in your life. It's one of the languages that God speaks, but we cannot live our lives following God, only listening to his voice through other people. We've got to go straight to the source. We've got to learn to go straight to the source. I love what the Spanish philosopher uh, said. He said, tell me to what you pay attention, and I will tell you who you are. The voices that we're listening to tend to shape our words, and the words that we speak shape our world. The things that are going in, the things that we're listening to, the, the people whose voices make the most impact on our life, they then shape our, worlds, our words about our lives, our world, our family, our lifestyle, our job, uh, our, our perception of ourselves, and then we live out exactly what we've spoken. So who are we listening to? As a matter of fact, Jesus said this seven times, actually. He said, he who has ears, let him hear. Psalm 40, verse 6 says, my ears you have opened. This is an interesting word here, the word opened. This word translates to dig or excavate. I want you to think about that. The psalmist said, my ears, God, they were all clogged up. They were filled up with junk, with debris, with stuff that wasn't helping me, that was standing in my way. So God, you went in and you excavated and you opened my ears so that I could hear your voice. I wonder how many times in life I've been frustrated with God because I didn't think he was speaking to me. And yet the whole time my ears were full of junk and they needed to be excavated. I needed some stuff dug out of my life that I could hear the voice of God. I know that's just me. I know that's no one in here. But Jesus said, if you have ears, let him hear. Clean out my ears, God. Clean out the voices. Silence the other voices in my life, the chaos in my life that I can hear from you. You have ears to hear God. You might just have to do a little digging. You know, it's said that genuine listening is an act of submission. It's an act of submission. We have to shut our mouths and open our ears. Listening is not simply waiting until someone else gets done with what they're saying so that you can speak. 
You ever been having intense fellowship with your spouse? Y'all know what I mean by intense fellowship. There's kids in the room. You're having intense fellowship and you're not listening to a word they're saying. All you're doing is waiting for them to pause long enough that you can break in and get your point across. Are we going to get anywhere? Is this real conversation? Is this real dialogue? Is, are we really listening? No. We have to submit and listen. S- listening is the action of understanding what a person is trying to communicate and why they are trying to communicate it. So we don't just, God is speaking, but we're not just like, man, I'm just waiting for the pastor to get done so I can give my commentary to my wife in the car. Or I'm just, I'm just waiting on God to get finished so I can tell what I really want to do. No, we've got to stop and listen and say, God, what are you really trying to say to me? How, how many times, and, and I can tell you, I'm, I'm one of them. I'm sitting in a service and I'm listening to someone preach. And I am sitting there while they're preaching, declaring how it doesn't apply to me. Anybody else done that? I have. I know. Okay. A couple, a couple of you. Okay. So, so I'll speak to us. Uh, I'm sitting there and I'm like, God, this is not for me. And yet, God's speaking. I'm just not listening. And when I finally start listening, then I realize how he was speaking to me all along. I didn't think the message was for me, but it was actually perfectly for me. I want to give you today six words that can change your life. Six words that can change your life. I'll give them to you in just a moment. We're going to pick up in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 3. But I want you to know this, kids. I want, you to, I want you to get this in your heart today. If you're taking a, By the way, did you see the little coloring pages? I don't know if you saw them. A certain youth pastor and intern, graphic designer, Samuel Bailey. I, I know you're back there, ducked down behind the sound booth right now. They may or may not be in lots of trouble for putting my face on the color sheets. Here's what I want you to know, kids. I want you to get this statement in your life. Kids who learn to listen do great things in life. I need a few more amens from the parents. That's better. Kids who learn to listen tend to do great things in life. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. This is a story of a young man named Samuel. His life had been dedicated to God. He didn't have a choice in the matter. His mama said, I'm giving you to God. And she turned him over to the temple. Verse 1. Meanwhile, the boy, boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. A lot of reasons for this. I won't go into it. I'll just tell you this was a dark hour in the kingdom of Israel, in the nation of Israel. The, the, the priests were doing all kinds of terrible things, and the, the people of Israel were not hearing from God. Verse 2. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. Eli is the high priest. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Remember how we talked about last week, getting around the right people and in the right place? He's near the ark of the God. Ark of God. What did that represent? It was the manifest presence of God on the earth. And Samuel said, "I'm going to go sleep right there." Suddenly, the Lord called out to Samuel, "Samuel, yes." Samuel replied, "What is it?" He got up and he ran to Eli. "Here I am. Did you call me?" 
I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and he went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you my son. Go back to bed. Samuel did not, I want you to notice it right here. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never, he, he had, never had a message from the Lord before. Samuel is hearing the voice of God, but he doesn't know it because he doesn't recognize the voice. I would venture to say that if you stand here today and I, and I were to say, and I don't want you to answer this, but if I were to say, raise your hand if you had never heard the voice of God before, and a bunch of you raise your hands, I would be willing to bet almost, uh, with almost 100% assurance that you have heard the voice you just didn't recognize it. Because I believe that God wants to speak to you, and He is speaking to you. I believe when you study Scripture and you realize what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives, He is speaking to you. We just don't recognize His voice. Samuel had never heard from God before. He never knew this is God's voice. He didn't understand it. And that's what this series is all about. Uh, teaching us to hear the voice of God because God wants to speak to us. I want to teach you how to recognize his voice. Uh, my nephew, years ago, uh, Peyton, we were fasting in one January, and, and uh, all of our kids in our family, they all fast in January. I hope your kids fast too. And so they were fasting sweets because they wanted to hear the voice of God. So they're going to learn how to hear the voice of God, so we're going to fast sweets, and when we fast, God is going to speak to us. So Peyton is intent. Peyton is he's a learner. He's a very intelligent kid, um, and he wants to know how. He wants to know why. So he wants to hear God speak to him, but he's having a little trouble. So one day, his mom walked in on him. He happened to be in the restroom, and he was staring up at the ceiling with a little bit of confusion, a little bit of frustration on his face. And he said, God, are you up there? His mama said, Peyton, God's not up there. He's in your heart. You have to listen to your heart. So then he tried reaching his ear down to his heart. But he couldn't get close enough to hear. So a few days later, he was with his gammy, his grandmother. And he's explaining to her the same thing. And he's like, I've, I've been fasting because I want to hear the voice of God. But he's not talking to me. See? She didn't hear anything. He said, hey God, you up there? See? Nothing. I've been putting up with this for weeks. <laughs> so finally he went to uh, his best friend, Randy Clark, for sure he could get some instruction and some insurance. What he couldn't get from his mom and he couldn't get from his grandmother, we're going to go to another five-year-old. It's going to be great. They're having this conversation and Peyton's like, Randy, are you hearing from God? And Randy's like, I hear from God all the time. Peyton's like, man, I'm not hearing anything. He goes, I'm going to listen right now. So they get real quiet. He goes, I can't hear anything over the sound of this fan. It's just too loud. Sometimes... We don't hear God immediately. We have to learn to hear the voice. Y'all okay this morning? 
it, you have to learn to hear the voice of God. We have to learn to hear what his voice sounds like. Samuel was hearing God's voice and didn't recognize it. He goes on in verse 8, because what he needs now is he needs someone to teach him. So the Lord called a third time, and once more Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Finally, after the third time, Eli, the high priest, realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he gives him some instructions. Go and lie down again, and if someone calls again, say these words. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed in verse 10, and the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel, and he replied, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Six words that can change your life. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Samuel's about 12 years old at this time. He didn't understand what the voice of God sounded like. He needed some help. Thankfully, Eli was there. Eli was the father figure in his life. He had been turned over to the tabernacle, turned over to the temple, and God was using Eli to train up this young boy as a father figure in his life. He's about 12 years old, according to uh, the, the great Jewish historian Josephus. And, it's, and, and they believe that this was not an audible voice that, that Samuel was hearing. For if it was an audible voice, Eli also would have heard it, who was just a few feet away. But God put a father in Samuel's life to teach him how to hear God's voice. But I find something interesting here that speaks to me, and I'll tell you a little bit of my story, but I think it speaks to all of us. Eli was confused between the voice of God and the voice of his father. I grew up in a home, and as you know, I grew up in a pastor's home. And so my, my entire life, my entire childhood was spent not only with my father being my father, and I happen to think I have the greatest father in the world, and I'll, tell that to, I'll have that argument with anyone who wants to listen, uh, and many who don't. <laughs> and I have this great father, but not only is he a great father, uh, he's a great friend, he's a great confidant, he, he's a great, uh, he's great uh, advisor, he gives great wisdom, he's a great counselor, but even on top of that, my father is also my pastor. So time and again, I hear him speaking the word of the Lord, but it's in his voice. On top of that, he's also, uh, uh, he was, he's also my boss for most of my life. So now you have father, you have pastor, you have mentor and coach, and you have boss. So all of these voices of one man tend to merge together. And so what that creates for me is, and even now at 36 years old, I have to be really careful with this. It is very hard to distinguish between the voice of God and the voice of my father. Sometimes they're the same. Sometimes God is speaking through my father. But what, I've had, what I had to realize as a young man was when is God speaking through my dad? And when is my dad giving good advice, sound advice, but maybe not speaking, thus saith the Lord? Are you with me? 
And at, at this point in my life, I often know the difference. And if I'm confused, I will ask him, Dad, is this something you feel from God or is this wisdom speaking? That doesn't mean I'm not going to listen to him regardless of which one it is. But if God is speaking, it, it changes things, right? When, when, dad come, when dad calls me and he says, Brandon, I've heard from God. It pushes away every other thing. It pushes away my thoughts, my emotions, my feelings, my other ideas. And I say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. I mean, I don't really say those words to him. <laughs> but in my heart, that's what I say. But if he says to me, no, Ren, and I, I don't have a word from God yet, but, but this is what I'm thinking. Now I realized this may be exactly what we need, need to do. It might be great advice, but he is not saying to me, thus saith the Lord. Are you tracking with me? This was a problem early on. I got it wrong a lot of times in my life before I realized how to hear God's voice for myself. It wasn't because I wasn't trying to hear God's voice. It was because my father's voice was so loud in my ears, I struggled to distinguish. Why am I telling you this? Because Samuel went through the same thing. And fathers, I want to speak this to you. You may not be a pastor but your voice will be very hard to distinguish for your kids from yours to the voice of God. We got to be careful what we say. We got to be careful what we're speaking over our kids' life. Here, here's what I know. People who, who have a great relationship with their father and trust their father are more likely to have a good relationship with God the Father and trust God the Father than people who have a bad relationship, whose fathers are untrustworthy, they can never count on what they're saying, it never seems to be the right thing, then we tell them, go to God the Father and listen to Him, and they say, my earthly father let me down, why would my heavenly father, who I've never seen, do any different? So I speak to fathers today. I know it's Family Sunday and we're having fun with kids, but I speak to fathers today and I say, be careful what you're saying. Be careful what you're modeling because your voice matters to your kids. And when you speak, I want to challenge you to speak the Word of God over your kids, to pray for your family and, and to stand in front of them and lay hands on them and pray over them. You say, Pastor Ryan, I don't know how to do all that. They're, they're, listen, listen. There's no magic formula. Just do it. Pastor Ryan, it's awkward. You know what? It is awkward in my family when I bring my kids and I say, we're about to pray. And I lay hands on them and I start praying. And they're like, they don't know how to stand. They don't know how to hold their hands. And my favorite thing to do is catch them like right, right before they eat. So now they don't, they, 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 they don't know what to do. So they just freeze until I'm done. And then I pray a really long prayer. It's great. It's great. The point is this. Lay hands on your kids. Speak the word of God over your family. And here's what I believe. I believe this is your God-called role as the head of your house. Okay? We see it all throughout Scripture. Um, this is not the point of the message today. But when you start speaking, I believe that God's going to take over your mouth and he's going to speak through you and you're going to declare things and you're going to say, I don't know where that came from. I'm telling you, it came from the Holy Spirit. Speak, Lord, 
Your servant is listening. These six words can change our life. I love, what, I love what Eli said to him. He said, go lie down. Go get in the right spot. Get where you're supposed to be to hear from God. And, and, then, he said, and then he said, I want you to respond. I want you to respond back to God and say, speak, Lord. I think this is something we have to do in our lives. We have to respond to God. When we even think he might be speaking to us, respond and say, speak, Lord, I'm here. If it wasn't him, so be it. But what if it was? You ever, you, have you ever been talking to one of your family members and you're talking to them and you're trying to tell them something and, they're not, and they don't even respond to you? They don't even look back at you? Sarcasm takes over in my life. And I'm like, yeah, go ahead. It'll be fun when you stick your hand in the light socket. I tried to tell you not to, but... We got to respond to the Lord. He's speaking to us. So we say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Then number three, we have to actively listen. Remember, listening is an action. It's not just hearing. It is listening. Kids who learn to listen tend to do great things. Can I tell you this also? Adults who learn to listen to the voice of God, tend to do greater things in their life than they ever could have on their own. Because he'll tell us the right path to take. He'll lead us and he'll guide us. You know, one of God's languages is the language of people. I talked to you about how my father uh, often has given me a, a word from God for my life. And, and my dad is, is not one... Uh, uh, for instance, two, two of the people who speak into my life a lot for, for the course of my life, and I kind of uh, juxtapose those, if you will. Um, my grandmother and my father. My grandmother is the epitome of the praying grandma. On her knees for hours, hearing from God, everything is in King James, everything has thou's and these. She scribbles it so fast, it, it's, like a, it's like a doctor's handwriting. It, it, takes, uh, it takes multiple people to transcribe what she said. But I'm going to tell you what, she has heard from God so many times so clearly. Just last week, uh, two weeks ago, two Sundays ago, she called me on a Sunday evening out of the blue. She hadn't been at church. My grandpa's not doing well. And she calls me out of the blue. And she's talking about something. In the middle of the conversation, she shifts and she tells me something. And she had no idea what was going on in my life. But it absolutely spoke directly to something that Lindsay and I had been talking about just a day or so before. And that I was really struggling with. And she spoke directly to it. I, but when she speaks, she'll, she'll like warn you, Brandon, the Lord woke me up and I'm going to read to you exactly what he said. And it will always start, thus saith the Lord. Hey man, that makes it real easy. My dad's not that way. God speaks to my father when you'll stand, hear him and, and when he, and he gives a word, uh, he won't often say, thus saith the Lord. He has said it, but he doesn't often do that. He just starts speaking it. And something in you comes alive, and you know, wait a minute, that wasn't just words, that came from God. So God speaks through people, but we're often looking for that, thus saith the Lord, and yet God is speaking all the time. I can tell you that one of the, one of the uh, supernatural things about preaching is this, and I know this happens, not just in my sermon, but, but when people are preaching, when, when men and women of God are filled with the Holy Spirit, this is one of the things that, are y'all okay this morning? Can I talk about this? One of the things that happens is, and I know it happens because people will come up to me and they'll say, Pastor Randon, I love the sermon today. When you said, and they'll make a statement, that was exactly what I needed to hear. It changed my life. 
I'm like, thank you, God. He is so good. Man, I'm glad that God spoke to you today. Can I pray with you about it? But in my mind, I'm going back through my sermon, and I'm going, I never said that. I didn't say it. It had nothing to do with the sermon topic. I never said it. I never referred to it. I didn't say it. What happened? Somewhere between my mouth and that person's ears, the Holy Spirit got involved, and he spoke directly to that person. He was using my sermon, but he was speaking straight to the heart of that person. This happens all the time. Pastor Randy, I can't, but when you said this, how did you know that was going on in my life? Didn't say it. (laughs) Sometimes I said it. Other times I never said anything of the sort. And yet, God speaks. Because that's what God does. He speaks through people. You see, here's the truth. If you look at the great men and women of God in the Bible and throughout history, Almost every time without exception, behind the great person is another person who God was using to speak to them or teach them how to hear the voice of God. Samuel goes on to be one of the greatest prophets of the Old Testament. He's the one that anointed King Saul. He then went on to anoint King David, who Jesus came through King David's lineage. He said incredible things, the prophet Samuel. But behind Samuel was Eli, a man saying, Here's how you hear from God. God is speaking to you. Say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Behind Moses, there was his father-in-law, Jethro, saying, Moses, you're off track. And, And Jethro gives Moses one of the greatest teachings on leadership that helped Moses and allow and freed him up so he could go get the laws and he could hear he could get the Ten Commandments which are still being used today at the basis of most every uh, uh, government across the world why Jethro spoke in the ear of Moses how about this behind Queen Esther who saved her people was a man named Mordecai who was whispering in her ear and giving her what God wanted her to do Go to the New Testament. Young man named Timothy. Great young man of God. Doing great things for the kingdom of God. He he was a great pastor and a great leader. And yet for Timothy, behind him was a man by the name of the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul would speak to him. He said, I'm convinced that Timothy was shy and he was timid. He he was a scared young man. He he got started in ministry early and, and and, and people were... Let's look at what Paul said in in the book of Corinthians. Here's what he said. When Timothy comes, don't intimidate him. What if I brought a preacher in here to you and I said, hey, look, I'm bringing a preacher in here next Sunday. Don't intimidate them. Why? Because Timothy was a scared, fearful, timid young guy. And the people were running over him. And Paul said, don't intimidate him. I'm sending Timothy to you. He's doing the Lord's work just as I am. Listen, listen to these words that Paul is saying to Timothy. Timothy, I know you're a little scared. I know you're a little nervous. But the same work that I'm doing, you're doing. He goes on in 2 Timothy, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline. Why? Look, notice the name of this, what we call the book, 2 Timothy. Why? Because these are the words that Paul wrote directly to Timothy. Timothy, I told them not to intimidate you. 
But don't let your personality control you or be an excuse as to why you can't do the work of God and why you can't hear from God. Here's what I'll say about Timothy. This young man that we read about who's being intimidated, who's scared, and who's fearful. At the end of his life, he stands in front of a pagan parade declaring the word of God. They arrest him. And without fear, he keeps declaring the word of God. As they stone him to death, he wasn't fearful. He wasn't timid any longer. Why? Because God had used Paul to speak into his life. I don't know what excuses you might have because of your personality. Pastor Renner, I've, I've never heard the voice of God, or I'm too old or too young or too timid or too proud. Well, look, Abraham was too old, and, and Moses was too much of a criminal, and Peter was too impulsive, and James was too analytical, and John was too emotional, and Timothy was too timid. But as your pastor, can I tell you in love, stop using your personality, your history, your shortcomings, your circumstances as an excuse to say, well, I can't hear from God. Everyone can and should hear from God. God speaks through people. Don't turn them off when he speaks through him. But listen to what he's saying. God even speaks through imperfect people. He does. A few years ago, 2011, um, actually in the, in the smaller camp uh, uh, sanctuary here, uh, in January 2011, God just broke out. We were having a meeting, and just a spirit of revival broke out. And it was so easy and clear to hear the voice of God. It was a prophetic revival, and just the word of God was going forth time and again. And so many incredible stories happened in that time. And a couple of months later, uh, I was kind of still in that flow, and I was really hearing the voice of God, and I got called to Dallas to go speak for a friend of mine at a youth conference. Well, by this time, I'm way out of my youth ministry experience. I'm old, and I'm over the hill, and, and I get there, and I'm like, are you sure you want me to come? Because I'm only coming if I could. I had instructions from God. I said, I'm only coming if I can do this, and they're like, yeah, that's what we want you to do. So I came. I was terrible. I was boring. I went too long. I didn't know how to speak to teenagers anymore. I, this, was, this was like my last youth conference experience right there. I, I, like, I put a bow on it. And I've struggled with this. I was so bad that, that that was seven years ago. And this is one of my really good friends that was in my wedding. And I was in his wedding. And he's never called me back to preach for him. True story. When I, I, you know, look, if I, was tell you, if I was good, I'd probably say, yeah, I was pretty good. If I was bad, I'll tell you, man, I was horrible. I was bad. But I was standing on the stage, and at the end of the sermon, I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, kids are getting filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I'm just kind of giving a few words, and God just highlights this kid right here. I don't even know who this kid is. There's, there's 650 kids in the room, and I just start speaking to him, and I just start uh, declaring over his life some things. No clue who he was. So afterwards, he comes up to me and says, Pastor Ryan, I just want to thank you for that word. It, it's really helped me. Fast forward seven years, we go to Israel. Lindsay and I are in Jerusalem and we're sitting at dinner. There's been a young man on the bus with us the whole time. His name is Spencer. He says, Pastor Randon, I just want you to know that in 2011, you spoke at a conference and you called a kid out. That kid was me. You see, Spencer is an excellent young man. But at this point in his life, he was about 15 years old, and Spencer walked among giants. His father and his uncles and his grandfather 
for huge people in the kingdom of God. Big men. Not only, not only spiritually, not only successfully, not only in the kingdom of God, but also just physically. They're, they're taller, they're larger men, and Spencer, was a, he's a short guy. And he's a great-looking young man, but everywhere he went, he seemed to be staring up at giants in his life. He said, Pastor Rennan, you spoke to me. And the word that I spoke, and I don't remember every word of it, but the gist of it was that God's called him to be a leader, and he set him apart to lead both in the church and out of the church. And he's put giftings and anointings on his life uh, and, and to walk in them. And we went on for a little bit from there. He said, Pastor Rennan, I want you to know that I was struggling at that moment. But at 15 years old, that word changed my life. I went on. I would have never done this. I was shy and I was scared. But I went on from there, started doing what you said. I became senior class president. I went on. He got a full-ride scholarship to Houston Baptist University. He's, he's leading in his church. And this summer, my daughter, along with some of our other pastor's kids, will be going to a, a pastor's kids conference that he and another young man are hosting where he'll be speaking at. And one day, when Spencer is standing on this stage preaching to you, he'll tell you the story because he's told me twice now. He'll tell you the story about how God spoke to a boring, over-the-hill youth, youth at a youth conference to some old preacher, but gave him a word that changed the course of his life. God st- speaks through people. He'll speak through you. He'll speak to you. It doesn't matter who you are. Here's what I want to do, and we're, we're going to close this morning. I don't, I don't know where I'm at in my notes. Uh, I want you to hear the voice of God for yourself. And so I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you to hear the voice of God. Because I believe this, when you recognize the voice of God in your life, it will cut through all the chaos and all the noise. It will slice through all of it. My daughter, she's comes up, she's been struggling to hit all weekend long. I hadn't been there that day. Uh, I was working and, and, and she's struggling and it's a key moment in the game. We, we, we're going to lose this game if she doesn't get a hit right here. A lot of pressure on her. She's been struggling. Coaches are yelling. Girls are yelling. The other team's yelling. Parents in the stands are yelling. The wind is blowing. It's loud. She doesn't even know I'm in the ballpark. And I walk in 300 feet away, and I see her at bat. And all I do is say, big turn, Kennedy. You've got this. There's no reason she should have heard me with all of the noise going on. But somehow, my voice cut through everything else in her life. And I'll never forget my 10-year-old daughter standing there. And just before, she's, just before she got in the box, her head was down and she was thinking and, and all this was going on. And when I spoke, I came in right over there for her. She looked straight at me in the eyes. She heard my voice through the chaos. She stepped in. She got the hit she needed. Her team won the game. Somehow... She had heard my voice because she had been hearing me day after day after day. So we're going to practice hearing the voice of God because here's what I believe. If we can hear the voice of God in the whispering spot, in the still, in the quietness of our life, when the chaos is going on, when we're in an emergency situation and we don't have time to go to the church and pray for an hour, we don't have time to, to worship for 45 minutes, we don't have time to call the pastors and elders pray, we need to hear from God and we need to hear from God right now. You will recognize His voice 
cutting through your life. In the seat back pocket in front of you, there is a note card. And I'm going to give you some instructions on what I want you to do with it. But you can grab one out. And, and we're going to call this a 10-minute challenge. 10-minute challenge. I want you to do this twice a day. If you can do it more, do it more. Once in the morning, once in the evening, or maybe on your lunch break, find some quiet time. 10-minute challenge. Don't write anything down yet. Here's all I want you to do. First thing I want you to do is I want you to spend about five minutes worshiping. Get something on your phone, get something on your headphones, put some worship. Our, our team is going to post at the end of service today some worship songs that we're singing and listening to, and you can go and download those and listen to them. Just five minutes of worship, just getting your spirit right and getting out, the world out. Then I want you to take one minute of adoration and thankfulness. What is adoration? It's praising God. It's glorifying God. Thank you. I thank you for loving you. Thank you for caring for me. I, I thank you that you want to speak to me. I thank you that you said, when I seek you with all of my heart, I, I will be found by you. One minute. And then one minute to ask your question. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Ask the question, whatever the question might be. It can be big or little. It doesn't matter what the question is. You don't, if you don't want to ask God for something big, ask Him for something small. Just something that you, need, you want to hear God from, or from on your life. He want, he's going to speak to you. So one minute. Once you ask the question, you say, Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. And then get quiet. For three minutes, don't say anything. Turn the worship music down or off. And just listen for God to speak. Here's what I want you to do. Don't change the question until God speaks to you. Don't get a new question every day. Don't ask him 17 questions. This is a practice. This is something to learn how to hear the voice of God. So ask the same question morning and night until you get your answer. God's going to speak to you. He's going to speak to you. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray over you. Our host is going to come, but I'm, I'm praying. I'm going to pray over you. I'm going to believe that God is going to answer your question this week. And while I'm praying, write down your question, whatever it is, Whatever you want to hear from God, put it in your Bible. Take this 10-minute challenge, and I believe you're going to come back here next Sunday, and I want you to tell me what God spoke to you and how he answered your question. How many of you believe God wants to speak to you this week? Father, I thank you for every person in this room, every person watching uh, online. Lord, I believe that you uh, desire to speak to us. It is your great love for us that drives you to want to talk to us, want to communicate us with us, God. We want to know your voice. So, Lord, I pray that as we take this 10-minute challenge today, in the morning, in the evening, or maybe it's midday, whenever it might be, Lord God, I pray that you would begin to speak to your people and prove to them that it is your voice. Lord, whatever is in our ears, clear out clear it out, clear it out, clear it out, that we might hear your voice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.